Well, I want to I wanna take a moment right now and just want to welcome Live Enhanced Ministry. And they're going to come in a moment and share their testimony and share what the Lord has done in their lives. I tell you what, how many of you believe God can take broken things and fix them up and put them back together? And I don't know, I don't know if you've been in a broken situation, but I tell you what, you're going to hear the power, the testimony and the power of God working in the life of men that, that maybe they felt like there was no hope. But I tell you what, when we put our hope in Jesus, and when we put our hope in our Lord, he can turn it around and give us, give us hope. And I'm going to welcome the director, Phil. Come on up, brother, and take it from here. Thank you, Pastor Carlos. So, yeah, uh, loving hams. Loving hams. I don't think I've ever heard that one before. And I think, uh, I think somebody's got Thanksgiving on their mind. So it's, uh, it's pretty funny. Well, yeah, you know, coming to loving hams, I'm, I'm a graduate. I'm a full-time staff member. I, I graduated a little over a half a year ago. And you know, decided to stay on staff. I went through. I just finished an internship there, and I, you know, continuing to serve and give back at, to a ministry that's done so much for me. You know, like uh, like Pastor said, you know, it's like it, our hope is to bring hope to the hopeless. You know, it was a, it was a, you know our program director in Palmetto, Keith Stolte's testimony, which brought me hope. And I wouldn't be here for today if I hadn't heard that testimony. I struggled with addiction for over 20 years. You know, I was raised in the church. Uh, you know, you'll hear today that we come from many different backgrounds and it's you know the, the addiction it's it's real it's you know it's a pandemic you know it's in our churches it's in our schools it's even you know it's in our work environment and you know it's it, loving hands provides a safe environment for you to really work on the heart issue because it, you know the, the addiction is just a symptom you know it's it's the addictions the symptom to the heart issue and it's it's the relationship with Jesus Christ you know coming to, coming to loving hands um, you know, as a guy that went, I went after everything the world would, t that told you, the world told me would make me happy. You know, he, t you know, he shared about happiness, and uh, you know, and I seeked after those things, and, and and always was left felt, you know, left empty, left seeking more. It only satisfies for a season, and it, you know, I read somewhere it's like, you know, if happiness is is your end goal, it's your ultimate goal is just to be happy. You know, if you, if you ask every one of these men coming here, you know, when they come into the ministry, that's they just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. It's like, well. Happiness can only is is only a byproduct through a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, um, you know, Pastor Wendell Wilson founded this ministry over 36 years ago, going on 37 years now. And uh, you know, and it's they don't, we don't have any government funding. You know, that the government approached Pastor Wendell Wilson and he said, "We love what we we love what you do. We want to support you. We want to help you, but you got to take Jesus out of it." And you know, of course, Pastor Wendell Wilson laughed and he's like, "Jesus, is all we got." And it's, you know, it's all we got. And so, you know, it's like we don't. We don't go after the, uh, the, we don't go through 12 steps or, or, you know, the bud syndrome or chemical dependency. You know, the men lay down the things of the world and become completely submersed into the things of God. And it's through that process, every chain of addiction has been broken. You know, lives are transformed. My life has been transformed. You know, I hope you guys are just blessed this morning by the testimonies. First, going to have Eric share. Eric's getting ready uh, to transition out. He's currently working part-time at Church on the Rock. It's a local church, so he's already getting plugged in and He's been with us a long time, so I hope you're blessed. Good morning. Um, my name is Eric. I'm from Miami, Florida, and I've been in the ministry going on for 25 months. Um, the process, the journey of being at Love Hands was kind of tough for me because I wasn't really used to change. But um, within that moment of change, God was able to do such a wonderful work in my life to the point where I could be a better example for others in my family. Um, also through that process, uh, God has uh, 
has restored the relationships that I have broken, um, has changed my mindset from negative to a positive aspect of things because of everything used to, I used to think that every, every, I used to think that it was just me and nothing else mattered. But um, over time, being in this ministry, um, like some of the staff members uh, were used that uh, life is, relation, is uh, relationships and um, you have to use relationships to get through life. You can't do it by yourself. Um, God built, made us to be, you know, be in relationships to help each other, you know, push forward through those tough times. And um, somebody coming from a, a background like mine, you know, in Miami, you know, you got everything that you could think of: drugs, sex, money, alcohol. I took, I steamrolled that that lifestyle to the fullest, to the point where I just said, God, I need something different in my life came to the ministry, said, God, um, I'll start over. Whatever it takes, I'll start over. I started over from the beginning, learned everything with an open mind and open aspect so I could be able to be a better example to help those who have built, you know, walls around their heart. And, you know, now, you know, my prayer is God teach me something new every day so I may help the next man beside me. Um, A real, you know, life verse for me that, you know, Helped me get through this. This journey was Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the thoughts that I think, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, so that you may have respect in him. Thank you. Thanks, sir. So, Loving Hands has an 85% success rate for for those who complete the entire two years. That is an incredibly, incredibly high number. If you look at most secular programs, their, their percentage rate is around 16, 17%, maybe at best 20%. This is 85% and 75% of which are those who graduate go into full-time ministry. And we, we have Patrick who just graduated the kitchen, which we, you know, we, we often refer to the kitchen as the furnace. You, know, you have 12 guys there, you're cooking 12 plates of food three times a day. It's tough and you've you got a little bit of time to do it. And so you know, it's, it brings the pressure, it stretches you, it causes you really to you know, and our hope is that it really causes you to rely on the Lord and, and you know, on your brother's support. And just proud of Patrick. Hope you're blessed by his testimony. How you guys doing? I'm Patrick Steiner from Northport, Florida. And I was, uh, I grew up in a church family from a young age. I was about the age of 12. And at about 12, I started to uh, try alcohol and uh, tobacco products for the first time. And after that, it just led further down the road. By age 13, I was smoking marijuana. By the age of 17, I was introduced to prescription pain pills after having both my knees dislocated in a high school football game. And the doctors decided they were going to take me off of uh, the pain meds, and I ended up going on a binge looking for harder and stronger things to ease the pain that wasn't completely gone. And uh, at that point, I just I started hanging out with the wrong crowds, doing the wrong things, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, you know, I'd, I lost my family. My family didn't want nothing to do with me. I mean, my own mother got an eviction notice I mean, kicked me out of her house. And during this process, I attempted suicide three times and ended up in a Baker Act facility. And I just, God's restored me from all that since I've been here. I came in the ministry with blood pressure problems and now I very, very rarely have high blood pressure anymore. You know, my dad was a full-blown alcoholic growing up. My dad's quit drinking since I've been in the ministry. 
And I've seen miraculous miracles that there's no other if, ands, or buts. It's, it's God. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, my, during my addiction, I was blessed with two children. I got a four and a five-year-old, daughter and a son, and who I had nothing to do with, really. I mean, I was there, but I wasn't there. I didn't have that relation, that intimate relationship with them. You know, I was just a provider for them. But now I can say today that I can, I'm actually in their lives. I actually minister to my kids and walk in a godly form in front of them, you know, being an example, leading by example. And uh, it just, I can't wait to see what the Lord has to bring me this year coming up. I've already been in the ministry for a year, and I've been clean about 14 months now of drugs. Been five years clean of alcohol. I mean, God's just doing so much in my life. And uh, I'm going to leave you guys with a scripture verse. It's uh, Isaiah 43, 15 and 16. It says, don't think on the, uh, do, do not think on the former things or consider anything of the old, but behold, I'm doing a new thing. I will make a way in the desert, the wilderness, and the rivers. Just thank you guys for letting me share. Our God is a God of restoration. He is a God of restoration, and it doesn't matter where you are or you know how far you think you've gone. There is a hope or a ministry that that provides that hope. We you know, provide a, a close relationship with the Lord. You know these guys, they're in the class six and a half to seven hours a day, five days a week. They do intercessory prayer. We often pray for uh, for guys to come in the you know possible applicants, and we see the Lord just work in amazing ways in the courtrooms and just you know. Uh, you wouldn't believe that, like the, some of the stuff that God does in that courtroom. That you know, we've had gentlemen facing like 40-something felonies, and you know, and have that stuff reduced to you know to come to loving hands. And it's just you know, it's mind-blowing because you you can't naturalize it. You can't you, know, you can't and, you know. There's no denying that God just didn't you know that God didn't go in that courtroom and make a way. Uh, you know, Pastor Wendell Wilson used to go into the jails and minister to the men. And, you know, he noticed after those men would leave, you know, they'd, they'd soon return. And he knew that there needed to be something more. There needed to be discipleship. And it's like, you know, we're a ministry that focuses on disciple-making disciples. You know, it's like, you know, myself included, I'm, I'm here able to just give back and, you know, take 20 years of, of destruction, grief, and, and shame and use it for God's glory. Use it for good. Use it to, you know, to bring hope to the hopeless. And, and it's what we're doing here. And lives are being changed in the process. Next, I'm going to have Paul share. I'm Paul. Uh, right now, I'm about one of the oldest in this group here. About a year and a half, well, I'll start. I, I come from a broken home. Uh, I grew up, uh, my mother and father were drug addicts, and um, they, they couldn't take care of us. So we, I moved with my aunt and my uncle that uh, took us in. Instead of going to the adoption agency, being put in the system. As I grew up, I started looking for attention, doing things young men do. Went to the streets. I got a. I started messing around with other people, you know. As life went on, and um, things started to change in my life, I started to make decisions, and I, I wind up uh, going going away for seven and a half years in prison. I wind up doing three or four more years in the county jail, thinking it was okay just because I wasn't going to prison. That I could still just go to the county jail and it'd be okay. Uh, this last time, uh, uh, when I got out of prison, right before I got out, my mother committed suicide. Uh, so when I got out, I was broken. I, I didn't know what to do. You know, I went. I was going home to see them, and uh, when I got there, it was only my father and 
it was something was missing in my life, and, and I was searching still again. Uh, there, after two months, my little brother committed suicide uh, down in Brandon, uh, not far from here. Uh, guy, he committed suicide, walked in front of a train. And so from that time, from me getting out to uh, back to society, adjusting to the world, my, my mind and everything was lost, and uh, I resorted back to drinking, drugs, violence. I hurt anybody I could at any time. Well, at that time, I wound up being homeless again because of my uh, family. Uh, couldn't trust me anymore at the decisions I was making because of those situations. And uh, a year ago, I left these streets right here, uh, from right down the street right here. I was walking the streets. I was working in this area right here. This is where I worked at. This is where I lived on the streets. Even, even uh, homeless, I got up every day, went to work, you know, did what I had to to try to survive, try to get myself out of this hole. But things kept, no matter what, keep, kept pushing me one step forward, and then I go two or three steps backwards because of the scenario and the situation I was in. I had no help. I didn't know what to do. I went to a gas station down the street, got an alcohol beverage, walked across the street, opened it, being smart, drank it, got got arrested for an open container. They wind up giving me six months on an open container. That time there, I told myself I had enough. I was broken, I was hurt. I, I couldn't do it no more. I did over 20 years in the system. And uh, I had to you know, do things to, to get out of certain things and help certain people in, in different scenarios that only friends would do for, for you, true friends. And uh, you know, my sister said, you know, there's a place that it could give you a chance at life and, and give you some help. And, I, you know, I, I didn't want to hear COVID was out here. The, they were trying to clean you up off the streets. I'm just trying to find a place to survive. Uh, and they told me about Phil's testimony. They went to a church here in Brandon and heard him speak. And they said, man, you should just try to talk to these people. Try something new for once. Try God. I was like, you know, I'll you know, try it. Well, I tried. You know, I've been here ever since. I'm not 100% restored yet. I'm still learning. I'm in a process. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning to live. I'm learning, you know, normal thought patterns. I'm not wanting to hurt people. I'm, I'm, I'd rather help you than hurt you now. Uh, you know, it's, everything is instilling new, new behaviors, new thoughts, new everything in me. It's something I ain't never had before. I called my father, and he wants to actually sit there and have a conversation with me now on the telephone, you know, and family members, you know, and not just that they're proud of me, but that I'm able, you know what I mean, to hold my head up. I ain't falling in no peer pressure or doing anything else. I'm doing things for myself right now and making decisions on my own, clear-headed and, and wholeheartedly, you know, for me to better my life because, you know, I don't know how many more chances I got. You know, I should have been... In, in worse situations, but by the grace of God, I'm still here today with, with another chance and another day to wake up. And I appreciate y'all letting me share. I appreciate y'all letting me be in back in this community. And uh, my, my scripture verse is uh, Philippians 4.13, you can do all things through Christ. Thank you. Isn't that incredible? You know, from, from this neighborhood, and I'm sure Paul never thought he would be on stage testifying to the goodness of God. Never thought in a million years, and God's just so faithful just to, you know, and eager to bless us. He's eager to bless those who diligently seek after him. Next, we're going to have Jason share. 
Morning. My name's Jason, 40 from Tampa. Um, this is hard for me to do this because about nine years ago, I was in Lighthouse in Dade City, which is a sister ministry of Loving Hands. Graduated there with 15 months and had a blessed life. Was able to meet the woman of my dream six months after leaving the ministry. Um, but growing up, I had a very abusive father, loving mother. Um, he was an alcoholic. He used to beat me and my older sister, but not my middle brother. Um, nothing I ever did growing up was right in his eyes, so my mom finally had enough, and at the age of 13, she packed my brother and I up and moved across town and left him. Um, that was an eye-opening for him, so he went to a place called Charter Glade in Englewood and got clean and sober. But at that time, that's when my whole destruction started. At the age of 14, my mom was working all night, and we would have parties all night at the house, and it just led the road of destruction. Um, but when I went through the lighthouse last time, I was actually able, my father was sober, he passed away sober, 15 years of sobriety, had halfway houses throughout Port Charlotte, seven total. But I was able to make an amends with him and the whole family for all the destruction I did and forgive him for what he had done to me. And uh, was able to have him in my arms when he took his last breath in hospice. And it was comforting to me because I knew the father that raised me was nothing like the father that had taught me up in heaven. He changed my whole life around. But three years ago, I started getting complacent and figured I had this and I can do it on my own. And I didn't fall back into the drug addiction, I fell into the alcohol. So for the past year and a half, it's been a complete misery. Um, I have two children of my own, two stepchildren and four grandchildren out there. And Praise the Lord, my wife's staying by my side. My grandkids truly, I know, love me because they sent me birthday cards letting me know how much they miss me. And I'm just grateful I have this opportunity to straighten my life back out and be the man of God the Lord asked me to be. And I'll leave you with James 1.17, every perfect gift coming from above from the Father of heavenly lights. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Next, I'm going to have Kevin share. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kevin Sweet. I'm 37 years old from Dade City, Florida. I grew up and uh, I was saved as a youth. I was uh, heavily involved in the church as a youth. I knew Jesus, but never had that close personal relationship with him. So um, I never knew my father growing up, so my mother um, was forced to play the roles of both mother and father. And uh, there was always something missing in my life. I was always searching um, elsewhere for uh, things to, to fill that void. So at the age of 16, I started experimenting with drugs and alcohol found myself at the age of 17, dropped out of high school. By the age of 18, I had married an unbeliever and headed down a road of darkness and destruction. At the age of 19, we had our first child. Heading down a road of darkness, always looking for something. I felt God always calling me back to him, but the ways of the world always seemed louder and more enticing. So at the age of 25, I found myself severely addicted to opiates and pain pills, an addiction that lasted for over eight years. At the age of 33, I found deliverance from the opiates, and I started praising God, praying. I went to church a few times, but that didn't last long. 
about six months later, I found myself replacing the addiction I had with opiates to a daily use addiction to methamphetamines. And for the last four years, I've been addicted to methamphetamines. Until 28 days ago, I found myself in my church with the conviction of the Lord so heavy on me that I could not shake it. So I found myself at the end of the service, down on my knees at the altar, with tears running down my face, crying out to God for help. At the end, my pastor asked me if I really wanted help, that he would lead me in the direction which he led me to Loving Hands Ministries. And I've been here for almost a month now, and here in Loving Hands, I found love, I found a family, I found freedom from addiction, and I have found that close personal relationship I've always wanted with Jesus. He is a God of reconciliation. And I have three children and a wife, and I have a hope and a future that will be reconciled. The bridges I burn can be mended, and that uh, with my Heavenly Father's help, that I can do everything I do to help further his kingdom and glorify him. And I'll leave you guys with my uh, life verse. It's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thank you for letting me share. That's an incredibly terrible addiction that is extremely hard. And it's like, I struggle with that. And it's like, I only say that because only God could do that. Only God could do that. You know, and, and I'm just, I'm blessed to have Kevin here and just, you know, his life, his testimony encouraged, you know, because you just, you see these men, these men's lives change and you can't deny that God's, God's hand is not in that. God's hands, his blessing is not over these men. You know, and I encourage you guys just to, to partner with us in prayer, support us. You know, we, we, one of the, the key things that, you know, I think in, in, in our structure, it's like they don't, we don't watch the TV, we don't read the newspaper, you know, they don't get coffee at 6.15 in the morning, but they don't use the internet, they're not on social media, and they're completely cut off from the world systems. Like, who doesn't want a break from social media? Like, you know I mean? It's like, I can have social media on my phone, like, I won't even put it back on there. It's like, it's, it's because it's, it, it, you know, it, what it does is it really desensitizes you, and you begin to find your identity in the things of the world, you know, you find your identity in the likes and the pictures and the comments and this, and it's like, and, and it's a tactic the enemy uses, really, because it's like our identity is in Christ, and it's like, whoever believes in him is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come, and it's, you know, and this is a testimony for every man here. So, next we're going to have Kenneth share. Good morning, everybody. My name is Kenneth, and um, I'm 26 years old, and I'm the youngest one here, and uh, I grew up in Fort Meade, Florida. And uh, growing up, I went to church a few times and never was really committed to it. And it was always just me and my mom. I've never met my father. So my mom worked all the time because of that. And that was, I was left up to myself to go to school or to do the things that were right. And that's not what I chose. At a very young age, I started out with smoking cigarettes and then moved to marijuana. And then by the age of 14, I was severely addicted to methamphetamines. And um, that continued on. And, and at the, the age of 16, I find out that my mom has a kidney disease and because of that, she can no longer work, and uh, she has to go live in a nursing home. Well, I become homeless because of this. Everybody that tried to help me in the middle of this, I either lied from them, stole from them, I used drugs in their house. I was just nobody that anybody wanted around. And in the middle of my addiction, I, I couldn't understand why. So at the age of 18, I started getting arrested. And whenever I'm arrested and in jail, it feels like I'm more free than when I'm on the streets because in jail I have three meals. I don't have to worry about my addiction. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to steal to provide for that. 
And then at the age of 24, I get arrested again, and I violated probation. I know I'm going to prison this time. And, and right there is, is where my old life ended and my new life began because that's when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And even then, it was out of selfish ambition that I'd done that because I thought that the Lord was going to deliver me from prison. I thought that I was going to get released into a different rehab program and that I wasn't going to have to go to prison. Well, I did get delivered, but it was on the inside. It was in a much better way. And from there, the Lord still had it in his will that I was going to go to prison. And to me, that was time for me to grow up. So for a year, I was in prison. And it comes time for me to get out, and I'm praying, and I'm saying, Lord, I said, I know you're going to provide for me. I just don't want to go back to where I'm from because the only thing that's there are the things that I've already done. I can't go back to where I'm from. And then I get a letter in the mail from a gentleman who was my youth pastor in 2010. I hadn't talked to him in years, and he said, hey, Kenneth, I've been praying for you every day. He said, I know it comes, it's coming time for you to come, get out of prison. And he said, I think you need to check out Loving Hands. He said, my brother went through there, and it completely changed his life. So I said, okay. And, and then Keith Stolte, the program director, starts sending me mail, and we're talking back and forth. And he said, if we can have you picked up from prison, will you come straight to Loving Hands? And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, I, I wanted to see my family because my grandmother's elderly, and, and I kind of wanted to see my mom. And uh, he said, all that stuff will happen in time. When the Lord wills, that will happen. He said, but what is two years to the rest of your life? And that's, that, it was in the bag there. I said, all right, pick me up. They picked me up. I got released from prison on June 1st this year, come straight to Loving Hands, and I've been here for almost six months now. And since I've been here, I've learned that it doesn't matter that I don't know my father here on this earth because my father in heaven provides everything that I need. He has a will for me that's much better than anything I could ever imagine. Being here, I, I get to spend time with these guys. I get to learn new things, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm held accountable for everything that I do. That's something that I, I really believe led me astray before because there was nobody to hold me accountable for anything that I'd done. I'd just done what I wanted to, and now I can't do that. Since I've been here, I, I've decided to dedicate my life to the Lord and live the rest of my life for him. And the, the scripture verse that I would like to leave you with is Philippians 3.8. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. I consider all things rubbish that I may gain Christ. Thank you. Thanks, God. I have Curtis share. Curtis Wesley Hawkins. I'm from Plant City. Um, and around 26 years ago, I was here at this church. As a, and uh, I believe I recognize this young couple over here, actually. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So I was raised in a church environment up until around middle school. I was very much involved. I was World Ranger, and uh, I went to church at Calvary Fellowship. I don't know if y'all know what that is, but uh, I, and right around that time, uh, I was always told as a child coming up that like you're gonna be lucky because your parents believe now don't believe in divorce. You this and that and other things like that. And once those things started falling apart for me, I built up resentment and. Uh, that resentment caused me to turn, try to draw attention back to me and my sister when they were going through issues in the household. And it just led me to fall away from even caring because uh, drinking and smoking weed caused you to not really care much anymore. And uh, it just gradually snowballed and eventually 
got to the point where I had been on methamphetamine for seven years and I started having schizophrenic tendencies, hearing voices and having things like that happening. And uh, in, in the last couple of years of that, my sister moved from West Virginia. She had a child with a, from a man uh, that they got divorced and she moved in where I was paying rent with my, at my mom's old house. And uh, his son Noah was just a light to me. Uh, he always wanted to play. He wanted, he just loved me unconditionally, like like a few others said. That in that lifestyle, people don't want to hang around you anymore, you, especially when you're hearing things and acting crazy. So that that love uh, brought a light back to me that wanted me to change for him. I didn't really care about changing for myself anymore. I was perfectly content, you know, just doing my thing and. <clears throat> So I told my mom, I want to try to get sober. I can't do it on my own. And she was trying to help me. And I was over at her house. And I ended up hearing some things. And they were telling me to hurt my mom. And I took a walk and uh, ended up on her neighbor's back porch. Got taken to jail for two months for a trespass. And uh, two months in jail gave me clarity a little bit. And I, I requested a Bible. And from what I remembered, I felt like Job at the moment. You know, I, I started reading Job. and. The more I started reading, the more I'd seen the courage and strength that he had to keep pressing and believing in God, for, even though all this stuff was happening to him that God even allowed. And I feel like God allowed me to go through this to hit that spot where I can be brought to this moment where I'm brought back to a place where I was when I was a child and to be able to tell this story to all of you. And that love is what I feel here. I've been rebaptized here. I've been, I've gotten the got, uh, language of tongues. I've, you know, just so many things. And uh, even just yesterday, my, I went to a, uh, a viewing. My grandmother died the tenth. And uh, while I was there, I was able to meet my grandfather. That was uh, kind of an outcast, you know, like I kind of was. And I feel like that. It was almost destined that I was supposed to be there to meet with him and to uh, talk with him. He, I said, hey, he didn't know who I was. I ain't seen him in over 12 years. And he, he, once I told him my name, he broke down and said, thank you for talking to me. All of his kids don't talk to him. No, nobody, nobody in the family. He came there just to try to reach out to find someone. And I thank God that he sent me there and allowed the ministry to let me go. And uh, I'm just thanking God that he's able to use me to help others and to hopefully reinstate the forgiveness in the family toward this man, Lord. And uh, I'm so grateful for everything that's happening in my life and all these men. And I know that it's all because of the love of Christ. My scripture verse is 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. For the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Thank you. Next, I'm going to have Dustin share. My name is Dustin. I'm 36 years old, and uh, I've been in the program for almost 19 months now, and I've learned a lot from it. My, my growing up seemed like everything was going to be really good. It seemed like I was on a path to 
like he said, success, what success looks like in the world's eyes. Because my family had money. I was a perfect attendant student. I was an Eagle Scout and the Boy Scouts. I played drums for several different churches and a couple different youth groups. So I was involved with the church very heavily. But my relationship with the Lord wasn't all that deep. It was very surface level. I found my accountability and the people around me, which is a good thing, but not if that's solely what I'm basing my accountability on. So when I ended up joining the military at 20 years old, I didn't have that rock-solid foundation with the Lord, so I was very easily influenced into doing things that people in the military were doing. And that was drinking and just partying and having fun, and it seemed really good and, and great. And I'm like, man, where was this my whole life? So when I ended up getting medically discharged from the Army, I flushed 20-something years of my life down the toilet. Or so I thought, because... Uh, I didn't know it, but the Lord was using me and building me up for something later on. I was continually in and out of jail. I became so addicted that I was eating out of dumpsters and panhandling. I was using the needle. I was smoking the hard stuff. I, I weighed like 130 pounds. I was an absolute miserable mess. Nobody wanted to go near me because I was just bad looking. And I was bad. I wanted to do whatever I could to get that next fix. And one of these times I went to jail for a, a very extended period of time. I was in there for like 14 months and I went to the recovery pod because I wanted to change, but I wasn't putting forth the effort to do it. And in the recovery pod, Loving Hands Ministry would come in there and minister to men like me and they would just bring forth the Holy Spirit in that place. They had this bright light about them and I wanted that. I knew what it was because I knew who Jesus was. I had a semi-relationship with him but I still wasn't willing to put in that footwork. The seed had been planted, which was a good thing, and that's what in the end saved me. But when I left those doors, I was like, well, I've been sober for long enough. I can, you know, handle it. That was a lie straight from the pit of hell because it wasn't but a couple of weeks later that I fell and bumped my head and I racked up over 40 second degree felonies and I was facing some heavy prison time. And it took that. I think the Lord was trying to get my attention my whole life while I was throwing my life down the gutter because he turns you to your own evil desires if you're persistent enough to it, which I was. And he kept trying to get my attention because things kept getting worse and worse, but I wasn't listening until, bam, all this happened. So I ended up calling Loving Hands Ministry, and they were willing to take me in even though I was facing this serious prison time because they weren't worried about the prison time. They were just worried about making a disciple. They wanted to see me have a relationship with the Lord because in the end, that's all that matters. So while I was in there, I was there for 10 months, and I ended up getting pulled out of Loving Hands Ministries and got thrown back in jail for over a year because of those charges. And I was thinking, where are you at in this, Lord? I know you work out all things for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose and all that, but why would you take me from Loving Hands and put me back in jail? At the moment, I didn't know it, but he was grooming me up for something greater while I was in there. I was able to be an influence to people. I was able to see uh, uh, baptisms in the Holy Spirit, salvations, and and all kinds of great and wonderful things, and it's only because he's good and his Holy Spirit was working through me because now I had built a relationship with him so I was able to walk with integrity in the lion's den. So <clears throat> now I'm back in loving hands. Made it through that whole mess and back in loving hands. My relationship with the Lord is now stronger than ever. There's nothing that can shake my relationship with the Lord. The devil can't throw a single thing in my way to shake me. The Lord is still doing miracles in my life. I've been uh, kind of, I guess you would say, promoted to making phone calls and reaching out to businesses for our upcoming banquet that we have. 
It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a big fundraiser we have. And, and while I was doing that, I ended up reaching out to my uncle, who I haven't spoken to in years. He thought I was in prison. It was a really hard phone call because I called his business, and he's the one that answered. He's like never there, and he's got employees. I didn't think he would answer. He's a stereo shop. And uh, I was like, oh, hey, Uncle Mark. And, <laughs> and he's, he started crying right then and there. He said a weight lifted off his shoulders. And that's just a, a piece of that restoration that the Lord just blessed me with just because I'm trying to stay faithful to him. And uh, I just can't wait to see what the Lord has in, in favor for me later on. I know I have a calling, and it's to preach and teach and evangelize. And I'm going to walk in my calling that he's put forth in front of me and no longer do it on my own because my own way has done nothing but almost get me killed, throw me in jail. All of my friends are dead. Every single one of them that I used to hang out have overdosed, except for me, because he has a plan for my life, and I'm convinced of that. So uh, my life verse is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. And it says, but God who is so rich in mercy, and he loved me so much that even though I was dead because of my sins, he gave me life when he raised Christ from the dead, and it's only by God's grace that I'm saved. Thank you for letting me share. So lo Loving Hands is, is not a program. In program, you're, you're a number, and you're, you know, it's, you're just a number to the, those people. They, they work on cleaning up the outside and then put you on out in the world. It's like we work on cleaning up the inside. I think Dustin's testimony is a great testimony to that in itself, you know, able just to bring God's light into that time that he spent in jail. And I mean, just super encouraged. And I pray that you just guys just continue to pray for these men, uh, you know, as we pursue the Lord, you know, even transitioning out. You know, he mentioned our banquets. Uh, we, you know, it's one of our biggest fundraisers. We have a banquet here in Palmetto or south of here in Palmetto on the 10th. We also have our tree lot services, but we're doing a couple things different. Uh, you know, we've really amped it up uh, because of COVID on our social media, and uh, we have a web page. It's, it's www.lovinghandsevents.com, and on there uh, we're doing uh, Buy a Pie, Save a Guy just to promote, you know, some, some of the men's testimonies and stuff. We're doing uh, pies from, I believe it's, um, I just can't think of the name, uh, Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel, and they got some great pies. So it's uh, you know, please partner with us in that. Next, we're gonna have Daniel share. Hello, my name's uh, Daniel. I'm, I've been in the ministry now for 16 months, and um, I grew up as um, in a dysfunctional alcoholic family. Both my parents were dysfunctional alcoholics, and uh, by the age of 15, I started um, drinking. Um, my brothers and his friends started at home. Enticing me into that and ended up started drinking at 15 and um, let me get on track here <laughs> and um, basically became a functioning alcoholic. I grew into a functioning alcoholic. I found a good job at 19. Um, throughout the years, I prospered in it. I became a supervisor. Um, I kept climbing the ladder in that company and in that time, I got married and divorced after six years. And um, once I got divorced, uh, the depression really hit me pretty hard, and I started making poor decisions at work. And eventually that took its toll, and I lost my job. And um, after that, I just kind of lost all, all care, really, and um, just started drinking extremely heavily and stopped eating as much and, uh, you know, stayed in the house, kind of became a recluse. Um, I became jaundice. I lost 80 pounds, um, you know, yellowing of the skin. And uh, my siblings actually saw that happening. And um, my sister ended up taking me in and I moved in with her and ended up getting my health back after time and um, <clears throat> found another job. At this time I didn't have a license. 
and I was riding a bike to work. And for six years, I basically became a functional alcoholic again. You know, I started climbing in the company, became a supervisor, knew how to operate all the machines in the in the in the plant, and um, I started meddling in uh, cocaine. And um, one day at work, I made an operator's error, and they drug tested me, and uh, I lost that job. And um, after some time, I couldn't find another job in the vicinity where I was staying because I was on a bike, and I um, ended up homeless, living in the tent out of living out of the out of a tent in the woods. And um, that happened. That, that carried on for quite some time. And one day, I woke up and I was just completely broken. I was tired of it. Um, I w went down to the lakeside and started praying to God, and uh, you know, crying and just completely broken. Probably just where He needed me, wanted me, and um, He was listening. Because not long after that, two of my friends that I hadn't even had any communication with in 10 years that I'd gone to high school with, they found it, they just started looking for me all of a sudden, started thinking about me, you know, it came into their hearts, you know, and um, they got a hold of my, my siblings and found out the vicinity of where I was staying. This was in Orlando at the time, and they were in Manatee County. And um, they took the time out of the day one evening after work to drive from Manatee County to Orange County. And um, they just knew the vicinity where I was. They didn't know a pinpoint neighborhood or anything. So they just were literally taking a shot in the dark because it was dark. It was 11 p.m. when they got into town, driving around, looking in the woods, you know, wherever they thought I might be, you know, store corners and uh, stuff like this. And they'd grown tired. They'd been at it for two hours, and they were on their way out of town. And at that time, me and my brother and a couple of acquaintances were drinking at the park, and we'd run out of alcohol, and he'd gone, my brother had gone back to the store to get more, and in that time period, my friends recognized my brother as he was coming back, and they, they did a legal maneuver on the streets and followed him back, and they were led back to me. And I, that's a complete divine intervention. You know, Lord was there. He did not want them to leave without me. They found me. They had the Loving Hands Handbook with them and uh, talked to me about it, and I, I submitted, you know. I was like, I need to try something. I did pray to God, and I saw that as his, his way. So. I applied and was accepted into loving hands, and it's the best thing that could have happened because in that time of alcoholism, I was seeking the Lord, but completely dysfunctionally. I couldn't do it in focus, you know, with the two. So he found me at my bro broken point, and this is what, when the opportunity came to me to, to uh, create a relationship with God, and, and I'm doing that here, you know, and it's becoming a stronger relationship every day. My perseverance levels are rising. You know, I can, I can deal with things I would have never been able to deal with in the past. Um, it's just been a huge blessing, and, and it's, it's just, you know, for the rest of my life, it's going to be just a learning lesson. You know, that's how I'm going to take troubles. These, these, these troubles that come to me are going to be lessons to me from now on. They're not going to be burdens, and they're going to be opportunities. So I'm so grateful for what this place has taught me, you know, and what I'm learning. I'd like to leave you with the, the um, scripture verse, Psalm 16, 7 and 8. I will bless the Lord who guides me, even at night my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Thank you. Okay. Well, it's, it's not co by coincidence that we're here today. Everybody knows somebody that struggles with addiction. Everybody, you know, whether it's a family member or it's, you know, it's a co-worker or what. You know, Loving Hands provides an environment that changes lives. You know, it's that introduction to the Lord. If it wasn't for... People like you in our local community, we wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here today. You know, it's like, you know, what Pastor Wendell Wilson, he said, you can't 
charge for salvation. You know, we also said salvation's free, but it ain't maintenance free. You know, so it's like they, these guys put in the work. You know, they're completely submersed into the things of, uh, of God and, you know, and surrendering, surrendering their lives. And it's, you know, my, my whole life, you know, growing up in the church, my, my parents always just tell me, it's like, you just got to surrender your life to the Lord. Surrender your life to the Lord. And it's like, what does that even mean? And it's like, it's like, you know, as a man, it's like surrender is like give up. And it's like, you know, it's like you want to dig in deeper and, and, you know, fight a little harder. But, you know, it's uh, that it's that 100 percent, you know, it took me 30 two years to figure out that, you know, God's not, he doesn't compromise who he is for my sin, you know, and it's like all, he wants all of you, and it's like in that process, when you just give him all, you know, the Lord is just so faithful to restore, and, you know, he will restore what the locusts have taken, eaten, and I just hope you guys were blessed this morning. Again, you know, we have a, we have a table in the back, you know, we have some faith where we also have a prayer list, get, you know, get back there, add your names, add some prayers on there. Uh, we'd love to pray for you, and uh, I hope you guys are blessed. Pastor Carlos, I thank you for having us this morning. Amen. Give him a hand. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, loving hands. What an incredible job. You know what? Uh, they're not supported by the government at all. They're just trusting and they're giving. They go church to church week after week, and they're just trusting in that. And isn't it amazing that um, this morning you get to witness the power of God? And uh, it doesn't matter where you come from. Some of them came from a wealthy home. Some came from broken homes. Satan doesn't care where you come from. Satan just want to get a hold of you. But how many know there's hope in Jesus? And as you witness this morning, through the testimony, there's, there's, there's deliverance, there's power. And some of you might have family members who are in addictions or they're trapped. They feel like there's no way out. Maybe you're watching right now and you, you're watching this morning throughout this week. And you say, you know what? I'm hearing their testimony. I want to do that. Contact our church. We'll connect you with them and with their ministry. And Man, there's someone out there. I, I don't believe they're by coincidence. I believe God has a plan, and we want to pray. So this morning, we want to be a blessing to them now. So as the ushers come forward, if you want to make a check to them, you can make it to Loving Hands. Uh, um, you can do a check to them, or you can give it to, make it to the church, and we can give them a, a, a check from there as well. Whatever you want to do is fine. But we want to be a blessing to this ministry. Uh, it's wonderful to see men surrendering their life to Jesus. Because if you can get a hold of the man, you get, you get a hold of the whole family. You know, and I think that is important. And Satan works so hard to destroy men's lives. Because if he destroys the man, he destroys the whole home. And it's wonderful to see this wonderful man. Some of them are, you know what, amazing. Some of them are local boys. Come on. They walk the streets in the area. And here and now they're serving this ministry, serving the Lord and what God's going to do in their life. I tell you, it's just the beginning. Just get, get a hold of Jesus more and more. Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we, we give, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Lord, these this men, Lord, that have come to share their testimony. They have come and share what the Lord has done in their life, Father. We thank you for this ministry, Lord, that picks broken men, Lord, and and allow the Holy Spirit to put them back together. Father, we thank you for that. And we praise you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Also, if you're watching online, if you want to give to their, to their ministry, you can go online to mountzionfl.com. You can go over the offering. Just put a loving ministry, loving hands, in, and we'll make sure they will get that as well. Also, once the ushers get through, we're going to do We have communion this morning. So if you have communion... If you have not received a, 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 a cup, 
Make sure you lift your hand up. Make sure we bring you one. But we're going to do communion before. Um, there's a couple right here that needs a. Brother Ed, will you get that basket and take it to them? Discover who might need some. Hey, Amen. Ain't got good. Amen. Yesterday, as, as the ushers getting ready and everything's getting back, yesterday we had the privilege to, uh, to perform the wedding for our, our children's pastor, Pastor Zach and Miss Jennifer. They had a, a wedding yesterday, and it was a beautiful wedding. So we want to just say on behalf of them, thank you. Thank you for all the, the gift cards and the blessings, the gift that you all brought to them last, uh, last Sunday. Uh, they, uh, they asked me if they can take today off. I said, I guess you can take today off. They'll be back next Sunday. So they're a, they're a wonderful blessing. Amen. Are you all ready? Amen. If you're home watching, find some grape juice, a cup of water, some goldfish. Maybe you have a goldfish there. Uh, uh, whatever, Fruit Loop, anything. Anything you can, just a piece of bread. You can still be part of community, even watching online. I'll give you a second or two. Go, go get, grab some, something orange juice, water, whatever, and uh, we, we all can do, find something we can partake, communing together, and as you know, we're entering Thanksgiving this week, man, so much to be thankful for. Somebody needs to open mine, can you open mine, darling? Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray over the bread. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this wonderful opportunity this morning. Father, we pray for this piece of wafer or bread, Father, but it's more than that. It represents your body. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you said by your stripes we're healed. And Father, we claim healing this morning. We claim for physical healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing. And Father, we pray that you touch us with your power and your glory. And we give you the praise and the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let us eat together. If you take the juice, just pull it off real carefully. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Let us pray over the cup. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you once again. Lord, as we ready to take and drink this grape juice, Father, but it's more than that. It represents your precious blood. That precious blood that washes white as snow, that forgive our sins, Father. And we thank you for that. And Father, I pray right now, Lord, that at the testimonies that we've heard this morning, maybe there are others that need to be changed, Father. Lord, let, let the precious blood flow through their bodies, through their veins, 
and wash them. And we give you the praise and the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let us drink together. Hallelujah. Why don't you get up on your feet for a moment? Come on, let's just worship the Lord. Lift your hands toward heaven. If you feel comfortable, just, just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you once again for your precious, precious blood. Lord, thank you for that precious blood, Father. Father, we glorify you. We thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, as we are dismissed this morning, God, go with us, Father. Touch us throughout this week, Father, as those who maybe they're celebrating Thanksgiving with family, Father. Lord, help us to reflect the goodness, Father, and the blessings that we have, Father. And Lord, we give you the praise and the glory. 
in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Now give the Lord a biggest clap of praise. You can see yourself dismissed. If you want to bless loving hands, see them in the way out. Buy some shirts, buy them something, and be a blessing to them. God bless you. See you next Sunday.